You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from the fields of Trenzalore, where the doctor stands. Are we recording? I don't know. Are we? Yes. Woo! Sarah. Hello. Just looking at our levels. Are we are we good? They'll be fine. Great. Great. They'll be fine. That's kind of life right now. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Everything's going to be fine. How's your baby? Oh, he's good. He got his little two-month shots yesterday. It was real sad. Um, it was That's real good. sad. I think I might have been more sad than he was. But That's good, mm, getting him out, uh, getting him in before uh, the Christmas. holiday. Yeah, 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 because yeah. I think that a lot of people want to see and hold him, and that makes me nervous, but it's okay. I'm a, I'm a growing up. I'm a big girl. No, having that for I remember, like, when we had babies, like, a decade and a half ago, like, it was like a thing, getting that first round of, like, uh, vaccines in them. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. He's, he's long. He's long. He's 23 and a quarter inches long. So, he's a long boy, um, which I love. Hoping that just continues for his life. Already, Woo! Already, hey, listen, he's already... Two feet tall. I know. He's already like 40% of my height. <laughs> it makes I, it really. I wasn't going to say it. It actually I makes let it, you say it very amusing. We have a little baby carrier thing that I, I have. Say it. That I've like rigged up to carry him around because he is a Velcro baby. He, um, in the what last. What does that mean? It means he does not want to be apart from me. Oh, um, oh sorry. I didn't know what that a meant. A piece of Velcro. It's It's been something that's developed in the last like week, actually, that he which he's a little young for this but whatever he um really likes me a lot and does not so much want to be with other people um and doesn't want me to put him down ah. among other things but all that being said rigged up like this little carrier thing and let me tell you what that carrier like his head is just like at my chin and i'm just like this is fine this is fine like it's supposed to be at my chest but like it works it gets the job done. I have no torso, people who cannot see me on the internet. So, Is anyone seeing us on the internet? I don't know. If they're Facebook friends with me, maybe. No, but I mean, like, is no, there a secret right camera here right no, now that I don't know That would be terrible. That would be terrible. Look, I'm always so grateful. This is an audio This is a radio only. show. Yeah. No, no, I am not really interested in platforms with video, as it turns out. The world doesn't need that. Who wants to watch us? Nobody, I hope. Stay away. No. But yeah, anyway, he's good. He's good. I've learned how to wear them, which freed up my arms, which is great. Which is great. Well, listen, Vocal Fam, Vocal Fry Christmas 7. Woo! We're this, here. This podcast is old. Yeah. I We've like it. been doing this for a long time. I like it. Seven years is a that's a that's a cycle. It really is. I'm I'm not good with change, so I really season. like that we just kind of keep going and it just kind of rolls along. It's a season. Remember Vocal Fry Christmas one? I have to think about it to be honest. Okay, Vocal Fry Christmas we, one. What did we do? How long? How long ago? <laughs> Who? What year was that? Vocal Fry Christmas one. You and Michael and I ate bacon at my house. Yes, yes, and, and your kids were so excited. 
Yes. And talked about The Last Jedi, our first oh, ever episode gosh. fully dedicated to a pop culture topic. Oh, my goodness. Last Jedi Christmas. I had forgotten that. Last Jedi in parentheses, Christmas. Christmas. Uh, was our first I Christmas episode. I had forgotten about that. Yeah. Uh, I love a good Christmas episode. We are Which what they grow. Like be- we are what they grow beyond. Yeah. That is the burden of all masters. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is probably the one of the first. Well, that one we didn't, but it's the first one in a while where we haven't done it like with all the families. And stuff. I think this is the first one Christmas episode that you and I have ever just done. Just, just you us. and me. As I say, usually your kids are here, or we had Leah on in Leah season two, and just usually season yeah. three. You were back. I feel like you were back in town. I think I was in town. I think we usually, because that's the thing. We started doing it like when we, when Jamie and I would be in town um, for holidays. I know what it was. Season three was, is this possible that I have this right? It would have been pre-COVID. It would have been the last one Mm pre-COVID. It was Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Vocal Fry 100. Oh my gosh. I saw it. We're, what is it we were close to? My brain is bush. We were close to some big thing that I was like, oh my gosh. I, I was looking know. at the website. Um, but uh, yeah, that that was Christmas. That was Christmas three. I can't believe it. Was, was, uh, was. Uh, no, we're not really close to anything. Rise so. of Skywalker. <laughs> um, and then four, four was Mandalorian season two. Yeah. Because that was quarantine. Because that was Or quarant- like. 2020 yeah end of 2020 which and that episode that episode was you me leah and michael on zoom with my kids yeah Yeah. mandalorian season two luke skywalker on screen greatest pop culture moment of my life amazing moment um so that's 2020 vocal fry christmas five was your first year back woohoo yeah right that would have been Christmas of twenty one. Of twenty one, we you were would back. have been here. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Did we do? It? And I do not remember what we did for Christmas twenty one. Twenty one, me either. Twenty two, I remember because it was last year, and we watched. Um, was that? Oh, actually, no, maybe I don't. Did we watch Spirited, or was that when we watched Christmas? Carol? Last year was Spirited. Then the year before, we watched Doctor Who Christmas Carol, like. Because it was the longest night of the year. That was when I we definitely released that trailer. But I don't think we reviewed the episode. Or did we not review the episode? That was definitely the year of that trailer, though. That bumper I made oh. was 21. Well, then never mind. I don't remember what it was that we... Whatever. Oh, we were I here. do. I do. It was No Way Home. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Spider-Man. Good times. Good times. With Many Mike, Christmases. With Michael. Right. Oh, Michael, come back and visit us. Um, We're here in Mississippi. So anyway, Vocal Fam, uh, we've been doing this show a long time now. We have. Um, uh, so many things. There's a number of things I want to get to in the spring. Um, I, 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 w- I definitely want to do an episode totally dedicated to what I did with the repertoire course this fall. Yes, I think we 100% should. Because I think that is... I think we're the first to do it, and I think it's one of the more revolutionary things that's been done with a repertoire course in higher education in this country. Well, Um, So we'll do an episode about that in January. I like it, yes. In January. We'll be back. 
Um, and we'll talk about some pedagogic repertoire stuff. Ooh, fancy. The voice. Um, but today, we did want to take some time. I forgot we did Spirited. Spirited. We yeah. already we already watched that this this I year. I was going to watch it this morning and good afternoon. It kept, it kept waking afternoon. Henry up who is sleeping on me and so I was like fine, fine. I will put on something a little more muted. It's funny. He is incredibly sensitive to like higher frequencies because I have caught my I mean, yeah, he still has his high frequency hearing. Right? Well, I just mean me. that like it's it's funny that there have been several times that I'll go to kind of call out across a little distance to Jamie, but I'll be like, oh, I don't want to be loud and wake him up and like just kind of yell. So I'll be like, oh, I'll just be more resonant. He hates it. It wakes him up every time. Yes, because in you being stupid. more resonant, you're just adding more high frequency Yeah, I partials. know. I know. And, and I had so. noticed that too in that like, I think it's why I joked that he, so far it doesn't like anything like Western classical music, no art songs, nothing like that. Doesn't matter how like soft or whatever, no matter what I try. And I think it's just always got too much of the high frequency resonances. It's not even it's not evenly spread enough these are the things i think about when i am singing to my child (laughs) is what what reson what frequency range does does he really seem to enjoy i like it yeah uh anyway sorry that got me back on spirited also i'd like to put out into the universe that if anyone who's a producer on Broadway wants to do a broadway staged version of spirited and would like me to play the will ferrell role oh my gosh i am available would be amazing just saying. You, Not really interested in the Ryan Reynolds role, but... Uh, nah. Have you watched Hannah Waddingham's uh, Christmas n- special? I, on? I've watched, like, the excerpts that keep scrolling through, you know, our real feeds and... I put that on last night. Henry did enjoy that. Nice. So, nice. what yeah. can I say? Yeah. It was good. It was very cute, very cheesy. Not yeah. as long as I thought it would be, but good. Yeah. But anyway, today, to wrap up the year, Sarah yeah. and I never had a chance to... We wanted to do two things today. Yeah. Um, the first of which is on Thursday. Woohoo. Tomorrow. Which, tomorrow. But so Thursday the 21st, whenever you're listening to this, on Thursday, December 21st, our film noir version of Carmen mm-hmm. um, that we produced this fall um, that... I produced and starred in and Sarah stage directed. Um, uh, it will be live on YouTube. Yeah. We have um, one uh, night from our Friday night cast mm-hmm. and then a totally different night with our Saturday night cast. Yes. I mean, it's the same show. It is the same show. Um, but you know what? Different people brought different things to the role. Of course. So of course. Um, watch them both. And so th- those go live, um, live premieres on Thursday the 21st. So exciting. The Friday night cast at, at, at um, five, six Eastern, five Central. Uh, and the... Um, the Saturday night cast at I guess that would be seven eight thirty Eastern and seven thirty seven thirty Central. Yeah. Um and uh it does not take a huge commitment. I, I we cut our version of Carmen down yes. to two hours and ten minutes. Carmen Light. Um which is really what we wanted to talk about today a little bit. True. Was kinda the process that we went through to create what we created, mm-hmm. particularly now that it is going to be live and available on the you internet. You can even see what we created. Oh, I didn't really fully appreciated that fact, and now I'm like, oh, I'm a little nervous. 
Because most of them, like, ah, who's going to see this? We did not. It's very con- freeing. I would like to just say that we did not control the video editing process. Oh, that's true. So yeah, uh, that wasn't the me. Art direction was not us. I have no idea. I'm sure it looks great. I mean, what I saw, like, when we were, because we, which we're going to get into this, we simultaneously cast what we were filming while they were performing, and what I saw during that looked great. So. Yeah. So. Here's hoping. So let's kind of back up a little bit. Where to begin? Well, I think the first thing that I'd like the vocal fam to know is that we do not have a large Depart- department. No. No, no, no. And nor do we have a large, like Lyric Stage is not a large opera department mm, no. either. No. And so you might, you know, sit there and go, well, then how did you do Carmen? <laughs> Very strategically. <laughs> well, and I think that's the point, right? That is, that is. But also your question is totally valid. <laughs> it really is. It. Well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if you know Carmen, normally, you You make you know, a good point. You'd have a, f- a full-size romantic orchestra, probably between 50 to 70 players. We did not have that. We could not have. I think that that was bigger than the cast. You'd probably have a cast of maybe eighty, um, at least fifty, probably. But we did depe- not have that. Depending on the size of your chorus, um, you know, it's you know, yeah, meant to be a large ensemble show. And if you know Carmen musically, mm-hmm. you know that it's also a big chorus show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of the kind of show that you would classify as a chorus show. Yeah. Um, maybe not the biggest chorus of all time, you know, it, it might might not be something like I don't know, Turandot. Oh, um, well. Or or Peter Grimes or Aida. But still, it's big. But it's large. It's it's large. So it's a very large chorus part. Um and so then you might be like just sitting, you know, asking yourself like, well then why did you guys do it? <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, okay. So let's let's go back to the genesis of the project. So mm-hmm. we were in in the fall of twenty two. Mm-hmm. We did it, we did two one acts. We did uh, uh, Min- Minotti's Old Maid and the Thief and and GNS Trial by Jury. Oh, that was fun. Very very commonly done shows in academia and oh, yeah. academic settings. You know, done all the time. Quite frankly, and they were good shows for us they were they, they very much like we had good people for them gave great opportunities to yeah. our students yeah it was nice we did a musical run through one day of old maiden the thief and we had had a first year graduate student who had recently transitioned down from soprano to mezzo mm-hmm. doing miss todd in, in old maid and i sat through that musical rehearsal oh, and and a final scene and I was so impressed with the student's vocal development mm-hmm. and the noises that I was hearing and the professional potential that we were hearing yeah. that I immediately, my brain started spinning about what we would do this year in the fall of, of 2023. Mm-hmm. And I had already wanted to do a French project. Like sure. that was already 
kind of in your mind. Yeah, and I was considering maybe doing Carmelites. I remember us talking about that briefly. Like, that was on the, you know, sort of on my radar. Yeah. Um, because we also I knew we we're gonna have a a sixth year senior lyric soprano. Yes. Um, so anyway, all that to be said. Uh, and I knew we were going to this year have an incoming color- graduate coloratura by Which that point. Which helps. <laughs> and so, anyway, we you know we were just uh, spitballing ideas. Spitballing ideas, and one night, not I think it was the day after that rehearsal that we had observed. Hmm. I I just I was trying to think of think think through roles that would be appropriate for this student. Yeah. And not only that, but also my very first year um, in my role as producer with Lyric Stage, I had had one of my colleagues sing um, a, a, a trio on a scenes program yes. that we did. That and the students lovely. very much enjoyed getting to do that scene with her. Mm-hmm. And then Sarah had actually stepped into Godspell. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You'll never guess what role. And, and as, our, as our John the Baptist. Uh, which she executed very well. What can I say? Um, and the students had kind of been on me to perform something with them. With I, yeah, them. I think they really do enjoy getting to work with us in that capacity. You know, in that regard, I couldn't believe the number of faculty not from our department mm-hmm. who said they enjoyed seeing faculty doing the thing beside the students. I bet. I think it's good all around, like learning experience. Also, just like kind of practice what you preach, yada, yada, yada. So anyway, so I started thinking about like things that were appropriate for this student. I had tossed around the idea of Verter in my mind for about a minute. Recall that. Um, uh, But I really, that piece in the end really is about the tenor. Yes. And it's also... God, it's Verter. It's a little bit more esoteric than yeah. A little, little, not, not quite as audience friendly. Y- yep. Well, also that would be yeah. That would have been a lot, especially because we're primarily undergrads, and that would have been a lot to tackle. And not that this wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> not that this wasn't. Let me. But but. So many of the roles are fairly straightforward foils to Carmen. Yes. That that helps. So anyway, and then I came to Carmen. And here we are. And I I presented it to Sarah, who's used to me presenting insane just, things to her. Yeah, I just kind of roll with it. Um, she's gotten good at rolling with it at this point. Yeah. Sometimes we create podcasts. I was gonna say once you like start a podcast and you like and that actually goes fairly well, you just kind of go with it after that. You're. Just, <laughs> What yeah. could be zanier? Um, well, I shouldn't ask that. Yeah, don't. Nah. Um, so then I then I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to talk to this student's teacher. Yes. And make sure that they're okay if they think that's the appropriate trajectory. Sure. And then we have to figure out all the other details. But let's just start there. So I presented it to the student's teacher, who actually thought it was a fantastic idea. Yes, love that. 
And so that kind of opened the door for us. And then I presented it to my two colleagues who kind of are, are sharing our music director responsibilities. And mm-hmm. I think um, one was just like, yeah, okay. And the other was kind of like, you must be nuts, but. But okay. But okay. <laughs> it's really isn't going to be on me. Got it. Got it. And um, it ended up being on both of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, it did. <laughs> Well, I kind of told them both. I was like, no, this is going to be like an all hands on deck kind of like if we're going to do this, this is like this is going to take all of us. Yep. And that was before I was pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. So I knew that I would have to step in and sing Don Jose. Yes. That was that was going to take care of that. And I knew we had a Carmen. And I knew with our sixth year senior lyric soprano that we'd at least have a Micaela. And with our incoming coloratura that we would at least have a frasquita. Yep. And I knew immediately that no matter what, I would have to hire an Escamillo. Also, yep. The interesting thing about Carmen, though, if you're thinking about producing Carmen, is that once you get past Carmen and Don Jose and Escamillo, the rest of the roles, including Micaela, are really good roles for student oh, singers. Absolutely. All the smugglers, like those those were great, like decent size. They really get to do significant yes. singing. Yes. But it's not overwhelming. Not at all. And even Micaela Just a lot of French. <laughs> even Micaela, who honestly sings the one true set numbered aria yes. of the night. She doesn't do a whole lot else. No, I was going to say, she has her, like, what, three... She does the duet. The duet. She does the aria. She does the act three finale. Yeah, I was going to say, she's in that other number, and then you just kind of... That's about it. Yeah. Um, So, for a young lyric soprano, it's... Great role. It's a great role. Great role. And Micaela and those other smaller roles are also roles that... I wanted to be able, like, if our students were auditioning for young artist programs, I wanted our singers to be able to say, yes, I did them, and I did them in French. Yes, I agree. I did Remendado, and I did it in In French. French. Yeah. And I think that's an important distinction. We knew from the get-go, one of my things that we're doing with Lyric Stage is I do not do foreign language operas in English. It just, it, it's not the same. And I don't think things. it serves the student that, educational experience. That too. That too. Because if you're going to do this. What good would it do for us to do Eugene Onegin in English? That would be so, uh, not nothing. It's just, no, no. I just, I just kind of view it as, uh, it's not a waste of time. But no, but it, it, it's not realistically, like, if they're going to go out and ever do that again. Right. So, I knew we wanted to do Carmen. Yes. And I knew we wanted to do it in French. Yes. And I already knew that we were going to have to make... Changes? Significant cuts. Yes. And boy, howdy, did we. Well, I say did we. Did you. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted it to still be the whole opera. And it really was. I mean, it, it still tells the story. It is astonishing how much you can cut... From Carmen and still, you know, see Carmen. As one of the audience who considers themselves a true opera aficionado has seen opera all over the world. Sure. 
is making a trip to Vienna this spring just to go see opera. Uh, they jealous. said it was like you trimmed every ounce of fat. Yes. And it was I lean. still felt like I had the entire piece of meat. Yes. It, it really did. We chopped it down to two. Seriously, it was just under two hours and ten minutes. Lean. And mean. obviously we took an intermission. Yes. On yes. top of that. But I think the performance itself is like two hours and seven minutes. Yeah, it was, it was tight. And I will say, one of the things I wanted to say about the way we did it, we did, I will say, one of the changes we did do was we did, I did write some dialogue scenes. Yes, to kind of bridge either sometimes where there is typically a dialogue or sometimes to fill in a little bit of gaps. Just things that we had, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I wrote those and I made very them... very film noir. <laughs> and I made them specifically v- ridiculously short. I loved it. <laughs> Just as the person who was staging it, it was, it was great. There was not one dialogue that was complicated. Nope. Nope. They didn't have any trouble with those. They had enough trouble with they, what we with gave the fr- them. Yep. They're short and snappy. I like it. I like things to the point. <laughs> and so we were able... Now, also, so in addition to the fact that we... So th- the predominant thing that we cut were the major chorus movements. Yes. Now, would would I have loved us to have been able to leave Cigarette Girls as a full number in the show? Yeah. Yes. It would have been great, but... But the that was not the goal. Our goal was <laughs> lean, mean, and green. And you still... And we still did have some chorus numbers, especially ones that, you know, the audience was going to know and definitely would have missed. We still had March of the Toreadors. Yes. We still, at least with our smugglers, <laughs> had uh, true, mor- mor- Morceau d'Ensemble. Which was nice. Oh, it was lovely. It was very enjoyable. Um... It's just, you know, and, and we had the chorus to the habanera. That's true. Obviously, we did the Toreador chorus parts. Yes. But we were able to, I think, systematically make decisions that the art still made sense and it still felt like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Our principals can definitely say they did their whole roles. Yes, Maybe absolutely. Maybe a couple of lines of recit cut. I was going to say, y'all really didn't have much cut at all. And and feel good about what we did while allowing ourselves from a work standpoint to focus on the singing, mm-hmm. the French, mm-hmm. and then how in the world to make an audience believe that you know what you're saying in French. Yes. Yes. And s- listen, that we was would a- be the first to admit that sometimes the students were more successful at that than others. That's That's true. But it was a common refrain of, hey, hey. You need to know what you're saying. Like, they're going to be able to see the English, so you should look like you know what you're saying. Yes. One note about the film films, um, in case you do happen to watch a segment of them or what have you. In the performance, we did have super titles. Oh, are they not in this? The only way for me to have done that would have been to type... Every mm-hmm. line of supertitle 
into nope. Final Cut. That's a big old no. Nope. Every time there needed to be a super title. No. No, 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 no. No. It would have taken me, I think, no fewer than probably a week per film. No, you're And I would have had to have done it twice. Your time is too valuable. And so... That is a no. I could subtitle it automatically on YouTube. I could close caption it, but the closed captioning... Would have been in French. And then randomly in English during the dialogue. Which wouldn't, wouldn't have been necessary. And okay, well, okay, so yeah, you would just be watching it in French, which may be for the best. So just know that there are no subtitles. Good to know. I didn't know that. Uh, but on, regardless. On sheer logistics. Yeah, no. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Oof is... Just, just oof. Is correct. But they, you know what, like you said, varying levels of success, but they all, like, really did put an effort effort towards that. They did. And I th- and, and so then that Which brings... Which is also good. That's part of the point of doing it in a foreign language. And then that brings us to the, the concept that we came to. We ended up setting this as a 1940s film noir. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of um, post-war-ish. Ish. Um, and we, at in the live shows, we actually had the movie mm-hmm. filmed live, but also projected in black and white while the audience watched the staged show. Yes. And it now was so cool. we can all watch the the film the film version. Which how fun for the students. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite bits that we did live that you can't see in the film obviously is that everyone was in black and white yes. except for Come Carmen's dress and the inside of the Toreador's cape and, and the rose the itself. Rose. Um, yeah, it was very striking. So Yeah, of course, in the film, you're just, it's just black and white, but still. You can know that in your soul. Yes, indeed. But anyway, I think it's a nice little... I think it's a model that we really need to consider with opera mm-hmm. moving forward as a whole. is one of the things one of the reasons we made one of the other reasons we made the cuts that we did not only out of necessity for our students to have time to learn what they needed to learn yeah but all because we had a very limited rehearsal time frame because someone got pregnant well Um, yeah okay admittedly we would have probably needed to do the show that weekend anyway correct she's right but but also yes some of us got pregnant. Um, but I also had surveyed a bunch of people just generally in our community mm-hmm. about how long would be too long for them to sit through a show. Yeah, I like that. Smart. Because I think we're in an era where we're even going to need to start considering this with musicals. That people don't want to sit there for three hours? Because quite frankly, having now sat through My Fair Lady three times in the last year... And probably about two for a fourth. I'm going to be out of town. (gasps) Well, I'm going. 
It's going to be my first outing without little Henry. Um. Well, it might. It's too long. My yeah. Fair Lady is too long. Sound of Music last year when Charlie was in it. Having saw, seen that. A what, lot. What did I see that? Three times? Four times? Yeah. It's too long. It's it's just too long. Sadness. And and I think we really have to consider, like we just saw the six. We just saw six. Love six. Okay, we just saw six. That is the perfect length of a musical. How long is that? I didn't pay attention when we went. Eighty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see. It you know, hour, hour and a half. And Twenty-five minutes. Hour with and a half no to two hours is probably peak. Eighty-five minutes, no intermission. That is perfect. See, and, and I, the shows that are longer, I just genuinely, a lot of them I like, and so it doesn't bother me that they're lo- that long. But I do get from a general public pulling people in perspective modernizing and blah 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 well, that's probably but i'll be honest even for me well so anyway as i was surveying the crowd as yeah. surveying our audience goers yeah the general thought was that 215 was the max, max. i get that it gets Which long is after that just about where little women came in yeah and they were like that is pretty and most movies are about that. You don't go past that. No, no. Marvel was in their peak. And has kind of pulled back from and that. And has now pulled back from that. As they should. I mean, Oppenheimer was a different thing altogether. Oppenheimer, I don't think, really can... You can't use Chris it to Nolan, judge Yeah, anything. you can't use Chris Nolan to judge the industry. Yeah. But uh, generally, industry, I think 215 is kind of like your... I agree. You know, I agree. For adult movies, for kids, for things that... For younger audiences, definitely tend to be more like 90 or yeah. less. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think, like, that, um, you know, for a motion picture... For a lot of them, when they drag on past 215... You start sitting there like, it feels like some of this could have been cut. Well, that's even... I'm kind of like, okay, that... They could have tightened that up. They could have tightened this up. Oh, they could have... That's when when we went and saw Indiana Jones. I remember being like, mm-hmm. you could have shaved like mm-hmm. half an hour off of this movie oh, with the these chase thought. scenes. I had the that, same thought. Like, don't get me wrong. We love a little chase scene. It, I do not need this much chasing. I had the same thought. Would I have been a even much more, yeah, much more enjoyable movie. And I think there are plenty of things like that. But anyway, anyway, I digress. We're uh, not here to talk about that. No. But so anyway... I think that what it is, if you watch the film, I think it's a nice model of one, not one, multiple ways in which we could take grand opera Mm -hmm. and help grand opera survive and thrive. Yes. Make it shorter. Yeah. Make it smaller. Make it lean. Look, our venue is only 225 seats. Yes. And our stage is not big. And our stage is actually 20 feet across. Yep. It's tiny. And Our wings are tiny. It's tiny. Even though it's like 100 feet deep. <laughs> well, a lot of that's wasted space, but that's another topic. There's a different, different conversation. But 
I really truly believe because we only in the end had a chorus of a total of under 20. So it was tiny. It's a small, small and little chorus. Yet but for our room, oh, it didn't it filled feel it. small. And it filled it. We used a chamber orchestra. Yes. We only had a string quintet, a flute, a percussionist, mm-hmm. piano. Was that it? And I think that was it. I think that was it. But again, in that size room, I think much more would have been very overwhelming. It would have been overwhelming. Not just for the voices, but for the... But just for the audience. You put two trumpets and two trombones in there. We would have blown them away. It would have just... And not in a good way. It would have annihilated the space. Yes. Yes. No, that was the perfect amount to like... added a French horn. Yeah. But like... But not much more than that. No. But really, like everything felt supported. You felt like you, you know, you had... The strings and the support. I didn't feel like anything was lacking. No, no. And that was, we had had people who had done, um, in the audience, who had done Carmen with Opera Mississippi. Mm-hmm. We had people who have seen Carmen at the Met. Yeah. And not one of them complained about what we did. They We've, all thought it was fantastic. And I'm not saying that to toot our own horn. Uh, these were actual audience responses. Yeah. That we had to the show. And so I hope you check it out. It's on our MC Music Department YouTube. Yes. If you search Lyric Stage at MC Carmen, it'll probably populate. Um, It's on my personal social media. It's on our Lyric Stage at MC social media. Yeah. Um, But the the, the YouTube channel is the Mississippi College of Music, Mississippi College Department of Music YouTube channel. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to, all the people that... I had that weren't able to like come for various reasons. I'm gonna make them watch it. Yeah, look and, at this thing and um, like it. I mean, if you ever wanted to hear me sing a lot, and you really would. I don't know that that's true, but 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 you'll hear me sing a lot. I don't know if you want to, but you will hear oh. me sing a lot. Well, I kind of meant that they would hear, but yes, yes, you should want to, guys. You should. It um, it really sounded great. Like the duets between you and our Carmen were just splendid. Yeah, they're pretty great scenes. They really are. And if you watch the blue cast version, you also get to hear my illustrious wife. Oh, her. um, As Micaela. Like, mm. um, not not only just slay Jadi. Yeah, melted every time. But um, also get to sing a duet with me. Yeah, y'all are cute. Even though you don't end up together, whatever. And she's on stage when I absolutely go absolutely crazy. And start throwing my jacket all over the she place. She's like, oh, I'm back at home. JK, JK. Well. JK. <laughs> uh, no. But anyway, so check that out. It's on the YouTubes. We did it. We did um, it. It's a, yeah, it's and a, I really think it was great. Like, otherwise, so many of these students, like, when are they ever going to have an opportunity like this again? Like, most of the people in that show are not going to go on to pursue operatic careers. Some of them will, maybe. And they might do something like that again, but they might not. But I think it's something that they will always remember. Yes. And look back on fondly. And also, when else are in in Clinton, Mississippi, are you going to have an opportunity to see a live performance of Carmen? Yeah, we did. We did sell out both performances. Yeah. Um, On on, on another note about the students, though, just to ping off of what you just said, Mm -hmm. this is the perfect example, though, for the students that because we did have students drop from the show. We did. Multiple. Yes. Chorus, principles. It's a big show. Yes. This is, however, the perfect example of if you want 
the reward of doing great things. Oh, yeah. You have to put in. You have to put in the work. Because I think that also was said a lot. Because <laughs> it was work. Gosh, did those kids who were smugglers put in the work. They did. Not not to mention our Carmen. I mean. Yes, yes. I mean, y'all were working on that all summer. Since last, what, April? Well, I started my prep in, in early May. Sure. She had been working on it since more like November of 22. That um, sounds right. But, um, which, I mean, to prepare for your first Carmen, to give yourself a year, I mean, that... Is probably wise. That seems... And God, I just to give her a shout out, her voice just did not quit. It did. Other than like, you sang, kept waiting for it to sound tired at all. Never, never. She sang the role eight times in eight days, full out, no yeah. marking, no marking, and just didn't even show any signs. It didn't of, even like break a sweat. Nope, nope. It was astonishing. It was disgusting. Um, but in a great I mean, way. I marked two of those runs. Yeah, yeah. No. And my voice is somewhat resilient. Um, no, golly. Anyway. No, it was a great experience all around. Let's talk. Uh, let's transition now. Let's talk about the Doctor Who uh, Doctor Who specials. Doctor Who literally felt like I was back in 2012. Oh man, watching David Tennant for the first time. You all mean over you mean 2006, again. right? Sure, sure. That's when I watched it. No, I did not come to Doctor Who until it was on Netflix, and I was in high school, and a friend made me, and then I discovered how much I loved it. It's probably was, good that it, I didn't. Was your that. entry Smith, or did you actually go back to Tenet first? Well, so I actually started with Eccleston because you did start with. I Eccleston. just I watched well, so the episode they got me hooked with was Blink, which is my general entry. So you're, episode you're, for you you were a Blink entry. I was a Blink entry, yeah. and then I went back and started with Eccleston, and just watched through, and I think actually. Blink By the time I caught up, it was, it was Matt Smith's era. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, based on the, the time I was watching yeah. it. So, I don't. I guess I say David Tennant 2012 because like that. That's that whole because you would not have been on this Tumblr girl super hulock era, and that was very much a David Tennant, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, and whoever the people on Supernatural. I never watched Supernatural. I wasn't totally. It part of that, but like that was that was a whole era. If you were a teen girl at that time, a by a nerdy teen girl. So anyway, anyway, loved it. Here for it. Yeah. Yay. So what did you think of the specials? I really enjoyed them. Um, and honestly, I would probably say, like, they each of them got better for me. Interesting. The giggle, yeah, the giggle was by far. So my, like you'd actually put them in reverse order, like one, two, three. Like giggle was giggle my favorite. One, and yes, then, I think I think that's how I would rank them. Because um, giggle, the giggle was the first one in a long time that I like. W- within a few days, was like, ooh, I kind of want to go back and rewatch I that. I haven't yet, just because watching anything right now is a feat of yeah. nature but um but i've wanted to and i've rewatched like clips and things on the internet and things like that um so yeah that was me anyway yeah so for those of you who aren't f- exactly sure what we're talking about doctor who just celebrated its 60th anniversary Woo-hoo. um it Good aired for, for the first time um on november the 23rd 1963 yeah. Um, which the 23rd of November is generally referred to as Doctor Who Day Doct- to yep. those who celebrate. <laughs> um, Always. 
Uh, and to those who don't, I'm sorry. Uh, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> we can be friends. Uh, and uh, they just celebrated their 60th anniversary of being on TV. It is not consecutive. No, um, there are because gaps. there were gaps from about 89 to the 96 movie. I think it is. I think it's around. Then. And then there was another, another like gap, gap until the reboot in 2005. So from like kind of like 1989 to 2005. Save for one made-for-TV movie, yeah, there pretty was big gap. Nothing, yeah. Um, but the the show has been on now um, since since two thousand and five, mm-hmm. and um, many incarnations. If you don't know the show, the lead actor keeps or actress regenerate, or if we're just going to call them actor in general, um, regenerates. Um, uh, well, a lot of actors go by actor, no I matter know. their gender. Um, but uh, the, the, the character regenerates and, and becomes another actor and they move on um, yep. keeps it fresh builds on the lore and the canon of the character um, mm-hmm. the last era was not really well reviewed this nope. very la- most recent era with showrunner Chris Chibnall who had also done Broadchurch which was amazing loved, loved Broadchurch but never really brought the spark to Doctor Who that the f- general n- fandom really uh, enjoyed it never fully landed got its footing I enjoyed series 12 I think more than most people um uh and I enjoyed the actor. I enjoyed Jodie Whittaker's portrayal of the Doctor. I like Jodie Whittaker. I really hated that I did not get to see her in uh, any series that I particularly like. Really enjoyed. Sure. Um, at this point, um, the new showrunner for Doctor Who is Russell T. Davies, new old, who was sort of also. New the showrunner for the first four series of the reboot in 2005. Mm -hmm. And he rejoined um, two people he had made the show with in in David Tennant. Yeah. And Catherine Tate. Tate. Um, The show is now moving all new operations to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, So all new episodes. HBO Max still owns the back catalog rights right now. Yes. I imagine that licensing deal probably ends at the end of 2024. I could see that. Is my sense because um, we won't get an actual series with Shooty until January of 2025. Is that so? I thought we were. Oh, I thought we were getting one this year. No, I don't think so. If it is, it's late fall. Let's but see. my guess is that that catalog won't move until closer to when Shooty's first full sure. series. Um. Anyway, so they brought back these two former stars, Very just popular, just for these three episodes to celebrate the 60th anniversary, and um, those three episodes being the Star Beast. The Wild Blue Yonder and The Giggle. The Giggle. The Giggle guest starred Neil Patrick Harris as the the toy maker. They only said the word celestial once, um, Mm. and that is because it has a racist connotation to it. Ah. Um, That makes sense. And so they avoided saying that all but one time. That is how the character was referred to in In its first iteration in the original series. Sure. Um, I was surprised they used it at all, to be honest. I think it probably just 
crept its way into the script and they missed it. I can see that. Um, because they were pretty careful to be progressive in every other way possible. Yes, they certainly were. Um. Uh, the first episode, the Star Beast, basically yeah. felt like RTD fixing all the problems that he had created the first time sure. he made the show. Sure. It felt like now let me fix this. And don't now, worry. yeah, we don't have somebody running around with this in their head. And now let me fix this problem. Oh, yeah. you all hated this ending. Well, let don't me fix worry. it. Don't um, worry. That's kind of how I felt about that that whole first episode. Listen, I was there for it. Oh, it was very enjoyable. Um, I, th- I think the only reason it probably doesn't rank higher for me is I just really didn't like the Meep. <laughs> yeah, the Meep was an interesting villain, actually. Wherever the Doctor goes, the monsters follow. Yep. Um, the Meep was an interesting, uh, based on a comic book iteration of Doctor Who oh. from the 1970s, and I'm assuming... Dan Povenmire's inspiration for creating Meep on Phineas and Ferb. I didn't. I think real- it's the same character. That would totally make sense. Um, uh, so it was literally from a comic strip of Doctor Who in the seventies. Yeah, I, th- I want to say seventy-three, but don't. I don't won't quote you on it. Keep me to that. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I. I it was. I, I. I think it was a pretty classic. Uh, I look cute, but I'm actually the villain. Yeah, yeah. Very early on, I was like, if this thing doesn't turn evil, I'm gonna be pretty upset because I don't even think it's that cute. Right. Um. So that was, you know, that that kind of. But it works. Standard convention. You know, very campy. Very. What Doctor Who almost was kind of, especially I feel like in that first series. So I'm it. interested from your perspective because we've talked about this on the podcast mm-hmm. um, about media when media kind of crosses a line of we're sending a good message to getting preachy about that message. Yeah, I've heard. Com- I've I've heard one particularly fan who I spoke with who felt it crossed that line. I'm interested on your take on that. I, so I, I did with, it, it, it was a little, it was preachier than I expected with RTD because I had never felt that way watching episodes of his previously, but I did feel it a little bit this go round. But it was kind of the, the thing, while it got a little preachy, like while I, I felt like it crossed that line a little bit, the plot of the episode was still good enough that I didn't like super it didn't put me off as much as I have been generally put off by that kind of thing see I didn't mind it at all because for two reasons one and probably foremost from a storytelling standpoint nothing felt untrue to the story that they were telling sure sure I think and some of it too is I think it's just a pet peeve for myself not a pet peeve but like I tend to get mildly annoyed by like what almost feels fan servicey feminist stuff to me. Like, I don't need someone to sit there and be like, "I'm a woman, so I can let it go." Like, that doesn't do anything for me. Sure. sure. I am a woman who is incapable of letting things go. Leave me alone. <laughs> sure, sure. I, I think it. Um, I think it. I think it. Uh, I think it was honestly less than I expected it to be. Yeah, well, and I think that's the other thing is like, 
even if it crossed that line for me, it was barely. It wasn't like someone sat there the whole episode and was whacking me over the head. Yeah, no. It was just little points where I was like, well, okay. But it wouldn't matter. Like, and I think certain things, like, there were certain things that needed to be done or need, like, that had never happened on Doctor Who episodes sure. or been addressed. And so I didn't think it was, like, a bad thing. Per the TARDIS se. has a wheelchair ramp. I, yeah, I think that's great. Like, I Absolutely. think that's phenomenal. Absolutely. Like, yeah. So anyway. I actually thought that the writing of the scene. When so in the show, Vocal Fam, um, Donna, Catherine Tate's character, Donna, who was a former companion of the Doctor, mm-hmm. never in love with the Doctor, unlike many companions, which love that, and they I love were, that that's they were who always they brought just back. best buds, yeah, mates. And it <laughs> seems that David and Catherine are very friendly and friendly real, in real yeah. life, not romantically, just no, just friends. That they're friends, and um, and her character, Donna Noble had to forget the doctor completely. Yes. Or she was going to die because Burn there was up. a there was the, for the first time ever there was a human time lord meta crisis which there couldn't be because it was impossible yep. and she became the doctor Donna, yep. saved the universe, but, but then, then had to have it all wiped away or her brain was going to burn. Yeah. And um the character has gone on to have a child. Loved. Loved love. Um and uh, as it turned out, parts of the doctor's psyche kept bleeding through Donna's entire life. Yes. And her child's life. Well, I was going to say, because I saw an interesting point on the internet that like, because someone was like, oh, at first I was like, oh, Donna named her child Rose. But then turns out her child kind of picked that name for herself. So obviously that had bled. So the actress who plays that role, whose name I cannot remember right now. Oh, I follow them on social media. I, yeah, I, I feel terrible that I can't remember their name right Yasmin? now. Why do I think it's Yasmin? Did I make that up? That seems right. Hold on, I'm literally. I had it pulled up on IMDb, so I can just pull it up again. Is a trans actress. Yes. And um, which I did not know her before this, and so literally, like we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, Jamie goes, "Wait, surely this actress is actually a trans actress? Like they wouldn't get just." Uh, in, in fact. She so, is. And I looked it up and I was like, yeah, you've got to be right, right? Like, they wouldn't do... That would be bad, right? No. <laughs> yes, that and would they, have been bad. They did not do that. <laughs> um, but I thought one of the most beautiful scenes of writing that RTD actually did, almost to help those of us... Did you find the name? Yeah, it was Yasmin Finney. Finney! Finney. Maybe mispronounced it. Maybe it's Yasmin, but in my head it's Finney. Yasmin. Thank you. Yes, that's it. Um... One of the most beautiful scenes of writing is when Donna and her mother, an older generation person, are in the kitchen just talking about Rose. And I think her mom misgenders her or something in the conversation. And the way that Donna, like, handles it... Was one... And see... The whole scene was... I think RTD really wrote that scene really beautifully. And that I really enjoyed. Like, see, that's where it's handled that I feel like... That, that's it. It's subtle. It's nuanced. But but I also think it's important in a show where the lead character can be any gender. Yes. <laughs> and literally changes genders depending on their incarnation. Yeah. That we do address this issue head on because while we're talking about a space alien from outer space, mm-hmm. in the case of this show, 
um, in the case of Rose's character, Yasmin Finney's character, mm-hmm. we're not talking about, we're talking about a human. We are. Um, and so I just thought it was, and, and also just the, you know, the accessibility thing with the wheelchair with thing. The wheel. And actually, Ruth Maladay can actually walk. Which they then addressed in the third episode. But does need a wheelchair. Yes, because what it, uh, I saw what it was. It's like spina bifida or something I, like yes, that. Yes, spina bifida, I think. Bifida? Yeah. Sorry, y'all. Words hard. Um, but um, she can walk. Yeah. And But also uses a, a wheelchair. wheelchair. Um, and it's lovely that the TARDIS now has. And a did you notice that the interior of the TARDIS set is now all is ramps? It's all ramps. And it, I did notice that. And I was like, that's good. That's good. Because what good is having a wheelchair ramp if you just only have stairs inside? And can we just say the beautiful nature of that TARDIS set? It was. Set. It really was. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. I, I loved it. Definitely. Like a part of me always, because your girl doesn't do well with change. Part of me always goes, no, oh, darn it. But it, it was really pretty. So I can't, I can't be that mad. And um, yeah, because I was never in love with Jody's TARDIS. No. no. I did have a certain affinity for that very end of Smith Capaldi TARDIS. Yeah. Love that set. Um, yeah. Uh, kind of the dim lit, the one where the, the first doctor makes fun of in Twice Upon a yes, Time. He's yes, like, He's what like something about, what is this, a French restaurant? <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, but anyway, loved the new TARDIS. Thought yeah. it was great. Um, it's interesting that you said like Giggle 3, Wild Blue Launder 2, and, and, and Star Beast 1. I yeah, flip that. That's, that's what I meant. Yeah. Sorry. Like, um, I... I I think there was something about Wild Blue Yonder that I just, the middle episode. It was so pertinent. Whoa. I, to me, that is how, like, if you, that is how sci-fi should do a message without going too. And do weird. Yeah. Like, oh, agree. Have, did you see all the memes? Weird. Did, did you see all the memes? Those like, I beg someone, like, watch Doctor Who, you'll love it. And then it's like <laughs> the, them like bending over, like all that stuff. And like proper weird. And it, oh, it didn't was weird. And look comfy. And it didn't look goofy. No. So often something like that looks goofy. It just made you be like, ugh. Um, <laughs> it was like I loved it. And, yeah. And if I may. Of the three, and because so much of Doctor Who to me is about the performance of the Doctor. Sure. Tenet was on 11. Oh, he was. In Wild Blue Yonder. I mean, yes. he was on 11. He was electric. It was, no, that was a great episode Th- for him. Getting to see him play himself Self- and himself. Yeah. That was. There was also a meme that was like, if I had a nickel for every time David Tennant's doctor's brain like got taken over and stolen by an alien because of his like thinking or talking too much, I'd have two nickels, <laughs> which isn't a lot, but it is crazy it happened twice. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, but, you know, I, I think that showed off his acting prowess uh, the most. Which, as you, when you have an actor like David Tennant, you, you should do that. The thing I loved about the giggle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get to this now. So so what did you think about the bi-generation? Oh, um, different. I honestly don't know how I feel about it yet. Because, again, my general reaction to, like, changes is not generally positive like that's just my gut reaction so like i'm trying to i've kind of been like living with it a little bit and trying to see like am i just am i not love loving it 
because it's just different? Or do I genuinely have this? Like, I don't mind. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if I have strong feelings about it to be complete. The more I've like lived with it, I'm just sort of sure. take it or leave it. Um, seen a lot of memes about how every companion that went traveled with tenant has their own tenant, except for Martha. She just gets Mickey. Uh, and I laughed at that a good bit. That is funny. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What did you think? So this is one of the ways you and I balance each other. Well, yeah. is that I would change everything every day. Uh, just to yeah. change it. Oh, that would stress me out so much. Um, uh, because that I'm that ADHD. Mm. Um, so, uh, and to me, the perfect way to start to change anything is to just blow the whole thing up. Sure, sure. Just. But no. Um, so just to clarify for the vocal fam, this so this character we just said they can you know change, change themselves to heal themselves basically yes. so that they keep living. Um, uh, they literally describe it like every cell in their body burning. Yeah, they they die. They but die, but they repair themselves as a new person. And in this case, when the regeneration started, the sure. doctor said it felt different, and they and literally split. Yep, that was crazy. So yet again, David Tennant's doctor does not die. Which I was listening because that was another thing. Like going into that episode, I was like, Jamie, I just don't know if I'm ready for David Tennant to leave again for me to watch him regenerate. I don't think I'm emotionally ready for this. And so then, you know, we're not even like close. Like we're not as close to the end of the episode as I expected when he gets, you know, shot with a laser. And I go, what? It's too soon. I wasn't ready. And then that happened. I was like, what is happening? Anyway. It was um, an emotional time. Shooty Gatwa is taking over the character. Shooty Gatwa is electric. Yes. Yes, he is. He He's, is. He is a put-together dude, too. He, he commands the, like, oh, man. whole room, screen, whatever. Whoa. Um, I thought the whole scene with the ball was stupid. Oh, yes. I hated that. And they all said they hated filming it because absolutely none of them could catch it. It seemed like the stupid... Or stup- throw it. So it's crazy to me. It is crazy to me, like that that episode was my favorite out of the three, given how much I hated the game of catch yeah, the was, ball. That was the of dumbest. Of all the mind games that we could have seen played oh out gosh. there. Oh my gosh. That we could have, it felt like that, that was one spot in these three specials where I thought this is lazy writing. I've tried to rationalize that and the cutting the deck thing. I've tried to rationalize it as the whole point is that supposed to be that there is just, complete random silliness that the toy maker is this complete opposite to the doctor chance and play and whatever but i still hate it i still yeah. think it, yeah i agree it, it feels lazy like they got there and got stuck and said ha 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 we're gonna throw a ball and the only reason that this works out is because the toy maker just happens to miss what now well let me finish the by generation before yeah. i go back and because i want to Say something about MPH. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I didn't mind the bi generation. I, I didn't love the bi generation. This is what I'm saying. Like, it's just what I loved, though. Mm-hmm. And this is just because I'm a sucker for crying and feelings. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I know. I, th- I feel like we're on the same page with where you're going. As someone who is of a certain age where 
I am not old. No. But I am also no longer young. Mm. And I have as you might say, been through it a time or two. Yes. But who has also had to, and many of you listening know this about me, but Sarah knows this about me, and I've had to fight a lot of battles. Yes. Sometimes of my own making, sometimes not of my own making. Not at all. And sometimes just life. Life kind of is a battle. I'm just and, but as someone who is like on the other side of some of those battles at this point in my life, like I would love to look at a version of myself mm-hmm. and say, "It's okay. You can stop you can fighting rest. now." Yeah. I I did love the end. Like as ambivalent as I was about the bi generation. Him sort of getting to finally stop. rest, stop running from it all. Specifically that. Yeah. Stop running. running. Because uh, I think in essence, in different ways, like every doctor post-time war has, has been, running been running and trying to deal with these different levels of trauma that they experience. That they've been through, yeah, And that they've witnessed to the people they care about go through. Remember, this was a show about, like, just traveling around with your granddaughter originally. Yeah, until until all of a sudden we were like, no, no. Every person you care about, tragic. Tragic ending. Something horrible is going to happen. They're in an alternate dimension. Locked away at the end of the universe in an alternate dimension. The Daleks, or married to the Mickey. Cybermen, they were Equally turned terrible. into, your friend was turned into a Cyberman. Yeah. You, or they were turned into a, yeah. And, yeah. and part of the running in your life, and someday, Sarah, you'll kind of recognize this. Maybe you already do, but part of the running in your life is you not wanting to give yourself time to deal with your the grief of other things that you've lost from your youth. No, I I I get that. And and you have to like like make peace with yourself. Yeah. And it's um I just I just so so that that got me. The scene with the doctor and themselves. <laughs> no, no, I. <laughs> Which I wish I could say was the first time that had ever happened. But it's not. Except so often when we've seen the doctor and themselves, it's been toxic. Yes, very. Like the relationship with like the three of them the in 50, Day of the Doctor. I was gonna say. That's a ten, that's a toxic. Ten relationship. years ago, not great. Not, not great. great. I not mean, great episode. Great don't episode. Get me wrong, but like they not a relating great relationship to each with other. Themselves. Well, generally speaking, when the doctor comes face to face with the doctor, they don't usually get along super well. Right. That's why I meant toxic. Yeah. Which man? What does that say about us? Is like, I mean, I know he's not human, but like, aren't we all a little like that? Like, we are right. much harder on ourselves and mean right. than we would be to other people. Right. So anyway, um, 
I loved that scene, and I very much appreciated that. Yes. Whether I appreciate the fact that there are now two doctors running around out there, I'm not really so sure I'm keen on that. Yeah, I'm curious to see, like, because I've seen a lot of questions, like, could David Tennant's doctor even regenerate at this point, or is it sort of a full stop for him? I hope not. Um, I have seen stuff put out by RTD, like, no, we are not planning on doing anything with him. He is rest he is at rest until the 70th yeah well uh, have you seen the memes where they pull it's the david tennant when the master like makes him really old and they're like bbc wheeling david tennant out for the 100th anniversary and night like gets me every time well, mm. and of course the cleverest thing the most clever thing about this the tooth it no uh, is no, okay. that Whoops. is that Oops. now tennant can easily could easily regenerate into the curator Yes, I've seen people from the fiftieth guessing that, and uh, that's probably the most. And it also makes it easy for them to bring him back for the seventieth, yep, and the seventy fifth, and the, the other joke I've seen uh, is like by the hundredth anniversary, it's just five David Tennants. Seriously, and I would watch it. I would watch. I would it. Watch I'm here it. for it. I'm yeah, here for like, it. Like, don't get me wrong. Particularly if it was written by Stephen Moffat. Oh. I'm there for oh, it. That's it. We've got Russell T. Davies. I don't know how. I, I think I saw that he was planning to stay around for at least another four series. Um, yeah, I think he wants to do four plans. series. Is, is, and is. so then you can give me Stephen Moffat back, and maybe while he's at it, he can you know whip out another season of Sherlock. If we're just that's if, if we're just revisiting the past. There are so many people that want that to happen. I really do. I don't. I mean, I don't really. I mean, I could see it happening at some point um, when you get far enough away. But maybe. If the, if the BBC could afford either it's, of those actors. It's what happened to Arthur Con Yeah, yeah, but you never know what's going to happen to their careers. Well, since the Marvel Cinematic Universe isn't going to exist anymore, I don't... Uh, yeah, exactly. exactly. Anyway. Talk about running the wrong horse. Ooh, ooh look, look. we got to finish the giggle first, because we haven't even talked about, like, another, like probably a big part of why I'm like, oh, I want to rewatch that episode. Yeah, so the so the giggle guest starred Neil Patrick Harris. I thought he was phenomenal. I loved him. Yeah. Until the dance. I loved and the I, dance. And I loved the dance. Okay. That was the end of where I loved him. Oh, well, yeah, because it's like he got stupid after that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm totally with you. Uh, so basically, I really enjoyed that episode up through the dance then i was like what is happening here this is stupid and then i liked it again for sure from like oh, i'm trying to remember the order things happened in whenever the tooth got picked up and the ending but mph was gone by that point yeah i know i that's why so like like I, the, I, I loved the toy maker at the beginning i thought it was proper creepy oh, yes i thought it was great question one could they not afford a dialect coach? I think the point is it's supposed to be fake and bad. So I saw I saw a video with Neil Patrick Harris. It was an interview with him about the whole thing. And he said the way he was pronouncing all of the things, it was written into the script like that. Well, the problem I had with it was not the dialect itself. Mm -hmm. It was that I had to pick which four dialects that we're talking about. It kept changing. Yeah, I think it was the point. I didn't like that at all. Oh, I liked it because to me, like, it's the whole thing of him just being like, it's wrong, it's fake, it's, I didn't it's get it. not real. He he said because I saw this whole video which went over a lot that I thought was really cool about his performance, um, but he said that like the way he was pronouncing the words, it was literally written into his script that way. 
Wild. Um, Wild. Also, just like didn't realize. Apparently, the role was not necessarily written for Neil Patrick Harris. But then, like when people were reading the script, they were like, "Are you thinking Neil Patrick Harris?" And when they described the, everything he had to do, I'm like, "It was this the only person that could have done this role? Like he was actually juggling. He was actually like all the stuff you saw him doing. He was actually doing the dance. It really kind of." relied on that dance though. yeah which he even said like and th- he's like i think i think russell t davies thought i could dance and like i don't know how to dance i've never taken a dance class and then all the other actors are in they're like yeah neil would tell you he can't dance but like what would seem that that is not true yeah he's like i mean like i've done some stuff but i'm not a dancer um whatever who's the, who's what the actress assumes that, plays that he had to dance as hedwig yeah i don't know uh, he, wh- whoever the actress is that plays Mel, um, he was like, now she, she's a dancer. She's a Broadway or West End legend. And I mean, that's true. Yeah, he was like, she can dance. I don't know, whatever. And I was like, okay, Neil Patrick Harris, okay. calm, calm down. Yeah, I don't think whatever. anybody would ever be like, oh, you can't. Look, get out of here. Get well, out of here. For those of you who do watch Doctor Who, Doctor Who has uh, one more episode this year. Yeah, uh, I'm we're finally getting back to Christmas specials, which is an RTD speciality. Yeah. Looking forward to getting back to Christmas specials with Doctor Who. Many great Christmas specials. Jamie and I have been watching through those because we can manage, you know, 45 minutes usually in a day. Sometimes not. (laughs) Yeah, we, um, the kids, so my family has a tradition that once we hit Thanksgiving, um, our general, any evening TV that we just have on as a family while we're trying to eat dinner or get ready for bed or whatever will be Doctor Who. And we basically do a, I would say binge, but, like, there are plenty of episodes that we skip. I think that's acceptable. Like there are a few example, episodes in every season. Like, that are last just... night we skipped from Byzantium mm. straight to... I don't remember. But, like... No, I get you. I get you. There are definitely episodes that I'm like, I don't have a whole lot of interest in rewatching this. Well... And 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 I think we re I think ours is more um, picking the highlights or something. Yeah. Do we love it or is it really canonically important? Yeah, I get that. Oh, I tell because there's a lot of Doctor Who you would not be able to probably get through it all by Christmas. Right. Otherwise. So we skipped straight from Byzantium to Vincent and the Doctor. That's what it was. Oh, so we Vincent skipped Rory disappearing. That's okay. Um. I uh, love Vincent and the Doctor. Yeah, Doctrine. we watched Vincent. That's one of the great uh, pieces of art that exists. It really if is. If you've never watched the episode, if you want to watch a single Doctor Who episode That's to get a, a sense of one. Doctor Who, a lot of people will tell you Blink. I would actually tell you Vincent and the Doctor. I think that is another like really great choice. It really just depends. Like, Are you wanting to be like hooked and like, wow, or are you wanting to get the full, like the beauty that Doctor Who can have at times? Yeah. The awe of it. Like, if you were wanting to kind of like the suspense and whatever of Doctor Who, I might actually suggest the two-part episode of um, uh, Silence in the Library. Jamie loves Silence in the Library is, or it's the second part of it, but um, it's the first ep- Doctor Who episode that made Jamie cry when we watched. It's it's I adore that. Which is so funny. It never part. has made. I never thought of it as. I mean, I knew it was sad, but I didn't like. It never made me cry, and I'm a crier. Um, I probably shouldn't have outed him on that. But anyway, there's there's lots of great Christmas specials from the er, or the earlier years. Um, they were not part of the Chibnall years, which was very yeah. sad and made us all not like that. Yeah. Um, mm. but, Christmas Carol uh, gets me every time. Um, uh, the Church on Ruby Road. I'm excited for it. Introducing Shooty fully as the new Doctor. Yeah. You've seen the new Sonic device. 
I looks like a TV remote or a can opener, but whatever. Um, Everyone's got to have uh, something. His new companion's name is Ruby. <laughs> it's Ruby Sunday, but Ruby I, Sunday. in my head, I had been remembering it as Ruby Tuesday. And that's a restaurant chain. <laughs> and then when I saw the clip from the episode, and he like she introduces herself, and I go, what? And I was like, oh, wait, that's a restaurant. Um, <sighs> I think my favorite thing, though, overall about the specials mm-hmm. has been having Murray Gold's orchestrations oh, back yes i love I think it's just real, like it the makes that, it I, the thing that i disliked the most about the chibnall era beyond the fact that he couldn't write well was the lack of murray gold's yes. soundtrack i think and the sometimes philharmonic orchestra i think sometimes the mur- the music makes Oh. parts of the episodes work that well, would because, not work otherwise. Because every, every character throughout most of Who ex- until th- Jody's era had light motif. Yes, and it works. Like it, it makes things... It can sell you on something emotionally yeah. that, like, logically you were not prepared to, yeah. you would, to do. And, like, I've, I've loved having it back. Speaking of the music, have you listened to the Goblin Song? Goblin Song went straight to number one on I BBC saw on, 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 on British UK, radio on the UK charts, iTunes and stuff. Um, it's wild. wild. Yes, that was exactly. Like, I watched the music video and I was like, "What is happening?" It Don't is, get me wrong; it's catchy. Uh, when I, 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 in Shooty's own words, but we gotta wait for when that bass drops. And and it does. And it does. And like, don't, like this is like it's pop. It's fun. I don't really want to catch, like, I catch myself starting to sing it under my breath, and I'm like, don't love this. Like, don't really want to be walking around accidentally singing this out loud. And so it looks like the doctor's going to have to fight goblins on Christmas Day. Yeah. So um, we, we know that, at least. Uh, and, and, Save and a baby. We, we hope you enjoy it. Yep. I'm going I'm to ready. See, I'm going to see Wonka tomorrow. <gasps> You'll have to let me know. I've, I've actually heard some good things about it. I mean, I can't wait. I've heard good things. I will probably not see it in theaters because yeah. leaving the house is a Herculean effort. And I don't think Jamie and I have, like, jointly left the house together yet. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We, uh, we're going as a family. The kids get out early tomorrow. And Fine. then we will begin their Christmas break. I won't really have a Christmas break, but we'll begin their Christmas break with... Going to see Wonka tomorrow afternoon. Good choice, good choice. Um, and we look look forward to that. I'll I'll report back at some point. Yeah, let me know because. Um. Uh, we are we are nearly done with the last season of The Crown. Oh. We are we are very close. I think we have two episodes left. How's it been? Um. The first part that was released at Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. I thought was incredible. Fantastic. Uh, up through the end of Diana. Ah, uh, I could see it getting hairy after that. This last but part has just kind of been slow. It's not hairy, it's just kind of slow. Slow? Okay, I get that. I mean, it's also like, when you think about it, much more recent. Yeah. And like how much, you know, how yeah, far. It's just kind of been slow. Yeah, no, I get that. Fine. Fine, but slow. Yeah. 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 Um but so anyway, Vocal Fam, listen. We hope you have a Merry Christmas. Have happy Hanukkah. All of whatever Happy Festivus. You're celebrating. Or happy, if you're not celebrating anything. Happy New Year. If you're out there and you really hate the holidays, 
You do that. We see you. We hear you. Yeah. We acknowledge you. And yeah. your, your, uh, your view on that is valid. Yeah. Holidays are a very difficult time for some people. And no, no, no. You, can, you can even enjoy holidays and still acknowledge that there are parts of them that are like, and still also find them to be difficult. Also true. Like it can be both. It doesn't have to be all one thing. I was just literally in my first meeting with the team yesterday, mm-hmm. with the Opera Mississippi team. I said, one of the things that you'll hear from me is to get comfortable embracing the gray of life. Because yeah. most things are more complicated than right or wrong or black and white. I think very few things. I would be, a, anybody who tells me that something is black or white, like I immediately am suspect and suspicious of you and skeptical about anything you say after that. Yeah. So just uh, maybe this holiday season, embrace the gray a little bit. Yeah. And uh, maybe... Cool. What, a, what a poignant thing going into the very gray winter times. Maybe find what light you can. Yeah. And um, don't run away from the dark as fast as maybe you want to. Oof. Feel that. I can run really fast, though. Because <laughs> I'm not pregnant anymore. I was going to say, <laughs> but can you really run that fast? I try, but well, people get mad at me. They're like, Sarah, you're going to break your toe again. Whatever. <laughs> Sarah, don't run with the baby. I have not run with the baby, just to make that clear. <laughs> just to make that clear. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know that you're also going to try to join the U.S. Olympic team. Oh, no. I'm way <laughs> too short for that. I'm not, in fact, that fast. But I would try. Yeah, because sprinters are actually usually have very long legs. I can metaphoric. I do have long legs. I'm just... Unfortunately, you can have long legs, but if you're only five feet tall, they're still not that long. Um, anyway. Metaphorically, I'm really fast at running away. Metaphorically speaking. Yeah. All right, Vocal Fam. Well, listen, we will be back with you in January. Have the merry, have a wonderful time. Have a wonderful time. We will get together. Uh, Sarah and I are getting together to Woo. have some Christmas festivities. Vocal Fry family Christmas on Friday evening. And, yeah. Um, I have wrapped almost all of your presents. I have not wrapped anything yet. Discovered it's really hard to wrap presents if you're wearing a baby. I am on but a you writing. Can do it. I am on a writing deadline and also trying to onboard a second full-time job simultaneously. I don't envy you. And it turns out that is not good for your well-being. No, that, I would not guess that it would be. Although I had this wonderful moment of clarity the other day. Okay. Recognizing that in my own ADHD brain. The fact that I had two things that absolutely demanded my attention equally. Yeah. I just kept going back Back and and forth forth from one to the other. And what made doing the one gave me a dopamine release because I was procrastinating for the the other other. one. Oh, I feel that. And the dopamine charged what I was doing. But then I had to switch. But then you had to switch because you hit the point where, yeah. No, I, like, I'm definitely, like, a little ADHD. I don't know. Who knows how much I am. But, like, to some degree, I definitely am. Because my preferred way to, like, do chores or work on anything when I'm home alone is I will set timers. And I'll work at something in, like, 15-minute increments. And I jump around. And it probably looks crazy if anybody ever walked in. But, like, I'll fold laundry for 15 minutes. Or I'll do whatever. Or if the house gets really dirty and I'm overwhelmed by it. It's cause I probably shouldn't even like out myself with this, but I'll pick up like I'll do like three things in a room, and I move from room to room because it's then like everything just incrementally gets a little bit better. Yep. And it's it's okay. It all yeah. Yep. It's okay. Good times. All right, vocal fam. 
Love you guys. Yeah. Gals. Yeah. Them's. Everybody. Humans. Humans. Doctors. I love your dogs too. Your dogs. I'm not so crazy about your cats. I'm sorry, Mom. I'm, I'm too allergic to cats. That's the problem. To to really That's get super excited. Like I wish I could love them, but I can't. I can't. Yeah. Sorry. My whole family allergic well, to cats. Really? It's just me and ours. Well, we don't know about Henry yet. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Great. Times. Peace out. Yeah. Oh, Sarah. Last oh. breakfast of 2023. Yes, yes. Um, it was the kind <laughs> breakfast bar, the little protein breakfast bar things that I can have. And um, you should just start having Kashi bars, which would be pronounced that way no matter what. <laughs> I don't think I like this. I can't. Uh, I can't eat. Uh, oh, so depressing. Uh, Henry appears to have a sensitivity to nuts. Um, a lot of nuts in kind bars. Not the ones that I'm eating. They're Got like it. granola based and blah. They're good. They're good. They're fine. I, I found a flavor I liked that doesn't have nuts in it. Um, but yeah, he appears to have, at least right now, from what I've seen, like in a week or two, I may try to eat some nuts again because it's a shame because like those are a great snack, high in pro- like that yeah. I've really been enjoying. But every time I was eating them, he was getting really gassy and it was just not fun for anybody. So. Got it. Yeah. That and horror of horrors he definitely has a sensitivity to chocolate and bacon so i've not been eating either of those my life is really sad there's also not nearly enough caffeine in it okay i'm done with that but anyway that was my breakfast there you go everybody all right we'll see you in 2024 see ya